0: Welcome to Evil Pudding, a true crime podcast. I'm your host Courtney.
1: And I'm Patrick. Welcome back. Welcome back. And Jackson's here this time. He's um our bulldog. So you hear <laughs> bulldog noises in the background. He is in a mood right now.
0: He's a he's an elderly gentleman, so he might be whining for me to pick him up.
1: Yeah, he wants to be held right now because it's kind of gloomy outside. I don't know what his deal is today.
0: He's a, he's very he's, he's a very sens- needy right now. He's a sensitive gentleman.
1: That's a good way to put it, I guess.
0: But if I pick him up, which I will have to do at some point, because he whines all day to be carried around, um, you will hear some snorting. And
1: And I promise you, that's not me. Or me. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely Jackson. You'll know.
0: Patrick, how are you?
1: Tired.
0: You're always tired.
1: Yeah, I am always tired. And,
0: Same, you know. bro. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not that wasn't a jab.
1: No, it's also it's just a facts. Busy time of year with the, the girls graduating and proms. And
0: oh my gosh, it is
1: dress shopping.
0: Super and busy, expansive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And have kids is fun and expensive. It has been a lot of fun though. I will tell you, I, even though it's been stressful, I have had like the time of my life with. Good. What's creating all these memories and stuff. Good. <laughs> I know I know it's been kind of out of your realm of expertise, but
1: I know jack shit about girls in
0: prom. I mean, kind of same for me. I was I wasn't like I was not that big on what I wore to prom. It was the early 2000s. It wasn't like, I don't know. I don't I don't even remember really caring that much.
1: I can picture the outfits in my head from the early two. That's back prom. when
0: fashion was elite, okay? <laughs>
1: like sun in the hair, the bangs hanging down on the the girls' bangs were always hanging out.
0: Oh, you and got the deep dude. side part for yes. the girls, the swoop across yes. the yeah, and the guys always
1: had sun in blonde tops of their heads.
0: I showed you my because um, I used to be blonde. I I showed you my high school prom like outfit. Mm -hmm. And I had, that's Uh, when Christina Aguilera was really big. And like the really tight, long curls. Mm -hmm. And then the red and black, like, I don't know. I was going for Christina Aguilera. And it was a look. I thought I, you couldn't tell me nothing, okay? And now now I look back at it and I'm like, oh,
1: God. (laughs) Aguilera look for
0: sure. And I never met, back then, I never met a tainting bed. I didn't like. I wish I could go back and be like, young Courtney. Young Courtney.
1: I think most of us wish we could do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, sorry, I digress.
1: We digress a lot on here. (laughs)
0: Uh, Today is actually a listener-recommended case. Oh, fuck. And
1: Those are always horrifically jacked up.
0: Let me tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if
1: it's from someone I think it's probably from.
0: No, it's not from. Oh, it's a different person? yeah. Jen didn't help us out today with our content. No, this isn't a. I don't believe she's a, a Patreon, but she's, she's, a, she's a, a listener and she's an avid listener. Okay. So. Um, so, today we're covering the worst type of killer a serial child killer.
1: Let's say a pedo killer.
0: A monster in Colombia who is responsible <clears throat> for the torture, rape, and murder of over 300
1: Yeah, this dude's ridiculous.
0: Kids, I 300.
1: Know, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like,
0: And to be quite honest, Ugh. researching this episode, it tested me because I have some thick, excuse you, Jackson, I have some thick skin. Good Lord, dog. <laughs> but this one got to me, like, big time. Like, I would have to work a little bit and then take a break and then come back to it, you know? Jeez.
1: That's typically the case anytime you're covering things that are like. With children. Children, yeah.
0: It took its toll. I don't like diving into cases where children are hurt, period. However, this is a case that I feel needs some more attention, and you're going to see why. Um, So please stay tuned until the end of the episode uh, for ways that we can take action in honor of all the young lives that were lost. And there were many. Before we get into our offender, we we have to take a look at the backdrop of where his killings took place to really get a grasp on why he was able to get away with killing over 300. 300, I mean, think about that, young boys without being noticed. Originally, I was going to give you all like a, a pretty lengthy uh, Colombian history lesson, yeah. but I figured, you know what? Y'all, y'all can Google that. I'll give you the general, the basics. I'm say,
1: well, Michael, most people know it: the general, yeah, of Columbia you, you drug cartel,
0: I figured I would spare you, so I'll just give you a very general rundown. So, basically, in Colombia, because there has been so much political unrest and internal conflict, the poverty poverty rate is unfortunately super high, mm-hmm. super high. Also, drug trafficking and kidnapping are. Very commonplace, especially during the time frame that our story today takes place. Yeah,
1: and I was going to say the, the the drug trafficking and the, the cartels in the area, because it was so poor in the area, that's why they thrived so well is because they paid. Uh,
0: and they, these people had no other options. If you wanted to feed your family, you, you'll exactly. do what you have to. If you to. want to feed your family, Prostitution, you'll You'll pick yeah.
1: this dude up. You'll kill this person. I mean, that's why the, the cartels were so alluring. Or so, not necessarily alluring, but that's why they were so easy to grab power uh, in that you know, in that space,
0: mainly we'll be dealing with crime with crimes committed during the 80s and 90s. Just for
1: context, the mm. Cartel
0: is that in Colombia? Was that in Colombia? Mm-hmm. That's right, it was. Is Escobar really? I need to go back and watch Narcos. I'm behind because I saw that name pop up a lot. Not in this case, but just when I was researching. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, He's the
1: most famous person in the 80s in Colombia.
0: Young children there were being made to work in order to help keep to help feed their families i mean if you can walk you can work you You can can pedal yeah you can be a vendor unfortunately with so many young kids on the street peddling goods to put food on the table many would unfortunately go missing and i mean many i mean you have kids out by themselves working
1: yeah and no and when the state of the places i mean it's it's important that you noted that because it's one thing when kids go missing but when you're in a drug war torn country people are being picked up and taken out to these drug camps to work you know what i mean like these kids are being grabbed like kind of like they do in other countries when they have like the rebels and the militias and stuff they grab them really young exactly and they they groom
0: them it was um prime pickings for anybody with ill intent
1: kidnap them and bring them to their world and they just raise them in that world and
0: and and police you know where were they well they were so overwhelmed and under equipped
1: and to handle
0: and corrupt to handle the number oh, – some of them were, not all of not them. all of them, but, but
1: there was a lot that were getting paid off. They couldn't the
0: handle the number of missing persons cases that – so a lot of the time, these families, they wouldn't even bother to report them missing because it wouldn't do any good. Because it was –
1: that's what I'm saying. It was so yeah, commonplace that these kids so were getting snatched and taken out to the, you know, wherever the cartels were so, to live and train and become the next generation of thugs. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it.
0: So all things considered – you can see how this would be prime time for a sadistic sociopath pedophile to be active and effectively be able to get away with preying on a community for decades. By the time all was said and done, many of Luis Garavito's mass graves would be uncovered, revealing the bodies of over 300 tortured young boys, many of whom remain nameless to this day, and experts believe that the number far exceeds 300.
1: Yeah, I saw that before when I looked him up on some stuff. They said the the, the website I looked, I can't remember the exact, it was a while ago, but it would say like the serial killer, what they were mm-hmm. known for and what they were mm-hmm. actually suspected of. And like his was literally like two or 300 he was known for killing. And like the number was like, could be up to a thousand. It's crazy. Or like
0: that. It was insane. So. Excuse you, Jackson. Jackson is struggling. (laughs) So let's get into the horrific story of the beast of Columbia, Luis Garavito. And please, guys, be warned, this whole episode is a trigger warning. I hope you have a strong stomach because this is going to be a very difficult one. I, as always, will do everything I can to share what these children endured with the utmost respect to the victims in mind. With that said... Let's
1: go. Yeah, I mean, if you have never listened to us before, then here's your trigger warning: the whole episode. Yes. If you have listened to us before. You don't need a trigger warning because every episode is a damn trigger warning. <laughs> they are rough, but like you said, these are especially rough when you have children involved.
0: It's, absolutely. It adds
1: another layer of just bad. I guess is the only way to put it.
0: So let's dive into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubios was born in the small village of Yanovo in Quindio, Colombia, on January twenty fifth, nineteen fifty seven. I'm sorry, guys. I'm doing my very best. I'm I sure you, I will get corrected you're in get the you comments. You up on your
1: Latin American city <laughs> names. Oh, you struggled on that one.
0: It's Yanovo. I know that, and I think it's Quindio, Colombia.
1: I don't know any better, so...
0: He was born on January 25th, 1957. Uh, not a good time to be in Colombia. Uh, it was just a few months before a civil war would break out and completely ravage the country. Garavito's parents were Rosa D'Elia and Manuel Antonio. And after the birth of their first child, which was Luis... Rosa and Manuel would go on to have seven more Dang. children, making Luis the oldest. Unfortunately, the family would live a relatively impoverished life, and Luis, in particular, was a subject of frequent abuse, and that is an understatement. This story is sad from start to finish, just fair warning. And
1: they usually are, like, usually, and I obviously don't know the story yeah. yet, I know the, the yeah. basics of him. But usually, when you have someone that not just murders, mm-hmm. but tortures, in, it's them in a, in a like power back from what was done yes, to them.
0: Yes, yes, as and a child, especially so by authoritative yeah. figures. Right.
1: It's it's usually some parent or some authoritative yeah. figure abusing and Yeah, and I touch and on that later, them. and
0: you're so right. And, but I'm I'm glad that you saw that right off the bat because I felt the same.
1: I mean, it, yeah, we've seen it so many times when we talked about it. It's always, you know, definitely. The, whatever the relationship is, abusive. the. A problem with the parent or the mother or the, the father. The abusee
0: becomes the abuser, right?
1: I mean, and almost even even lack of abuse. We look at Ted Bundy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? He modeled his murder profile, mm-hmm. his victim profile off of a woman that scorned him, or the, the love that got away. However you want to describe it, you know what I mean? Like so, yeah. it's always it's always reverts back to some part of their life,
0: right? And it's you they know. have to
1: take the power back on.
0: Because you're going to see that his childhood, I don't believe that I've seen a sadder one, oh. to be honest. But, okay. you know, people endure these types of childhood all the time without growing up to kill 300 people. No, you know? 100%. And, and it, so it makes me wonder if maybe there was something off to be- be- To begin with, you know, and then this made it worse.
1: What we talked about in the very beginning, we talk about almost every episode, is that whole nurture versus nature. Mm -hmm. Was it the environment that made the monster or were they already something wrong or something off and the environment just brought it out?
0: So, being the oldest, Luis was the first among his siblings to suffer at the hands of his father, Manuel, who Luis described as a womanizer, an alcoholic and an abuser. And I would say that's a very nice way to put it. (laughs) It was widely speculated that Louise's mother, Rosa, was a sex worker. I mean, the poverty was so horrible during that time. Yeah, Yeah. you just do what you got to do to get by. I mentioned this not out of judgment, but I mentioned this because as a child, uh, Louise's asshole of a father would force him to watch as his mother entertained her many male clients. Oh. Yeah. And um, we're talking like when he was little.
1: <laughs> well, Reminds me of that one we covered one not too long ago they did the same thing. The also
0: Henry that. Lee Lucas his that's, mom. Yeah that's yeah. what I was thinking of. But um, what's even worse is Manuel would then get her clients to pay extra if they wanted to assault Luis, oh, his little son. Jeez. Yeah, so he was effectively pimping out his son, much like Henry, Henry Louis. Yeah, and this was all before the age of six, mind oh, you. Whoa. Yeah, so Luis turned six years old when that happened. His father began regularly raping him. My goodness! And what what makes it it's so hard to just read and research and hear that. But his father is just the most disgusting human being when he was drunk and he wanted sex, but his wife was asleep. He would just go and sleep with one of the kids. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So just a horrible, tormented childhood to say the very least. And we're just getting started. We're not even at seven. (laughs) Luis was a shy and reserved youngster When he was even allowed to go to school, he was often the target of schoolyard bullies who picked on him because he had a rare eye condition in his left eye, and that forced him to wear thick glasses. Mm -hmm. And he also had very large ears, which is why he would also one day be known as Goofy. That was one of his nicknames. Oh. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to pick on him as a child. I don't care about picking on him as an adult, but as a child... Um, I'm just painting the picture. This actually comes into play down the road when he's caught. You'll see why it's very relevant.
1: usually is when you put it in there like that.
0: Anyways, at the age of 11, Luis started having violent outbursts, which I'm sure we can deduce why. Right? Mm, Doesn't take a (laughs) a psychologist. No outlet
1: for the torment and torture and pain he's going through.
0: Well, he was constantly under attack both at school and at home, so he he was rightfully angry. I think anybody would be. yeah. His father eventually made Luis quit school altogether and begin work full-time to help support the family, which was common at the time. If you could walk, you could work and contribute. So yeah. Well,
1: I mean, they're also- I'm
0: surprised they waited until he was 11.
1: They're also so poverty-stricken, they need him. Mm-hmm. They need Absolutely. everybody. That's why that, that, you know, if you can walk, you can work. It's, that's out of necessity, not just being mean.
0: So Luis went to work at a local drugstore, and I hate to say that on several occasions- 11 year old Luis was molested by the store owner and guys from the ages of 11 to 14, a friend of Manuel's, a grown adult man molested and abused Luis violently on a regular basis, not just abuse, but this friend of Luis's father uh, tortured him. Oh, he would burn the child with candles and bite him, and slash him with razors. Goodness. Horrific. And I'm telling you this not because I want to shock you. None of the everything I tell you is factual and for a reason. I'm, I'm grazing over the details out of respect I know for are. the story. Uh, I'm telling you this because I believe that these abhorrent traumas truly shape the monster that Luis would become like, in the future. It,
1: just from your intro about him, you can see that Many of these things are shaping that. He
0: mirrors his abuser's work absolutely, and Taking takes it back. to the next level. Taking the power back. Yeah, there is a what's known as a trifecta that psychologists claim make a lust killer that Luis became.
1: Right, and you're talking about the categorization of the Right, he's a lust, a lust
0: killer, and uh, one of the books I used for this episode, which I'll link below, Ryan Green, author, states that psychologists have been quick to attribute to Luis the three characteristics that define most sexually driven serial killers. That's acceptance seeking, repressed hostility, and incompatibility amongst peers, or narcissism, sadism, and loneliness. And guys, I'd venture to say that Luis Garavito embodies all of the above. And more.
1: (laughs) Just from the torture alone and and what he grew up with, he was going to have acceptance seeking and
0: Mm-hmm. hostility
1: just right there
0: if you could put, put in a pot all the ingredients to make a lust killer this is it
1: and then if you're already suffering from those things it's going to make it hard for you to relate to your peers because you have such a different life and you outlook like and, you know you was troubled so yeah I mean, it just they all boil together
0: so as as luis grew into his teens and as a young adult he found that he discovered that he was attracted to children young children little children yeah he began acting out on these deviant urges by molesting his younger brothers first. You're going to see escalation throughout boys. this episode. So he started out with his younger brothers. After a time, Luis felt he needed more. So he began attempting to rape boys around town. And get this, <laughs> I could not believe this. At one point, Luis was actually caught in the act of raping a boy and Luis's father, Manuel, was disappointed in his oldest son, but not for the reason that you might be thinking. Manuel was pissed because Luis was raping a boy, and no son of his would be gay. You can rape a girl, but don't go raping boys, because that's weird.
1: Even though he literally raped Luis. Yeah. It's times. the
0: pot calling the Ooh. kettle broke. Right. That's
1: what I'm saying. It's ridiculous.
0: I mean, I can't make this stuff up. It's just you can't insane. Make that up. It's- and sad. It's sad as and yeah, it's just I just don't even want to be here. <laughs> I can see that. Well, soon Luis was too rebellious to live at home. His father found so at I the age why. at the age of sixteen, he was kicked out of the house, and he was on his own. So at the age of sixteen, he began. Luis began working around town at various jobs as a sales boy before taking marketing classes actually okay. yeah and you're going to see times where he tries to better himself it's weird he had aspirations of being successful and not following in his father's footsteps which it's a shame right like he he had the 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 drive was there right? It if is, he would have been raised differently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: was going to say the it's desire. I would have called it desire. Desire
0: was there. Yeah.
1: But he was, his demons were too controlling.
0: He would eventually get actually a really good job at a local business, but because he had developed such a violent temper and had a tendency to lash out, it, he was almost instantly fired. He couldn't hold a job, yeah. like a
1: real job. Yeah, a real you job, know? right, right. But you can't you can get pissed off at every little thing and start throwing staplers and screaming at everybody. You know what I mean? Like
0: It, it was always physical altercations. Yeah. yeah. He just couldn't take it.
1: One, maybe they'll let you slide by a second
0: when you're gone. So Luis was back on the streets working as a peddler, you know, selling lottery tickets, whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably stealing the stuff that he sold. Yeah. Despite being attracted to only male children, Luis surprisingly had a number of relationships with women. And many of those girlfriends had small children. I know what you're thinking. I can see it in your eyes, Patrick. (laughs) You're thinking he had these relationships with women to gain access to their
1: children. No, that's not what I was thinking.
0: It's actually, that's what I was thinking.
1: I'm thinking he's having these relationships just like, it it coincides with him going to marketing classes. He's trying to do like the normal right thing.
0: He's trying to be normal. He's trying to be normal. So
1: he's dating these women and then they end up just kind of, I think the kids might be partly coincidental or might be part of the reason why he liked those women.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: I don't. I think he was dating them to get close to the kids.
0: Yeah, by all accounts, he was very kind to these women and their kids. And he lavished them and their mothers with gifts and kindness. And not one of them would ever come forward and complain of Luis abusing them or ever being inappropriate with the kids.
1: That's what I mean. I think he was really just trying his hand at being normal. And I think, I'm just guessing with this dude, but I think he tried to be normal for a while in the beginning and then realized he couldn't do it. And then that's what made him so bad he knows he can never be good or normal. So he's just all, he commits it fully. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Luis was inter- internally struggling. Oh, yeah. Even though he was, like you said, out- on the outside, he was trying to put on a good show.
1: The monsters inside were too much, though. So.
0: He was internally struggling deeply with mental health issues. And it was during this time in his young adult life that he began experiencing symptoms of depression, psychosis, and paranoia. Which, with that, we're going to see more evidence of that later on. But without a doubt, that's a result of such a traumatic, abusive childhood. And to top it all off, he was also a very, very bad alcoholic.
1: Well, first of all, his dad was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Second of all,
0: he's got to quiet those demons somehow. Right. Second of
1: all, he's just trying to numb or suppress everything else, and what. What are you going to do that with, booze or alcohol? And again, we're not making excuses
0: for him. We're just trying to figure out how somebody could get to this point. Yeah, we're dissecting him. That's a good, that's a good word. With a weakened state of mind and a long history of childhood trauma inflicted on him by authoritative figures, it wasn't long before the abused would become the abuser. And Luis began acting on his perverse fantasies. Between the mid '70s and the majority of the '80s, Luis would begin to molest children, most, mostly little boys. He, he I'm not going to say all, because there is evidence that there were. He was trying with little girls, but mm. he found that he was, for the most part, attracted to young male children. Doesn't matter; they're all children. It's yeah, all bad. Exactly. This only worsened his mental state because, and we see this a lot, but despite his propensity to commit such heinous acts, Luis was very religious, ironically. So he began to feel that good old Catholic guilt, right? Which worsened his depression. Of course. Add to it. At one point, he attempted and failed to commit suicide. Oh. Following this suicide attempt, uh, Luis actually... Kind of took the reins and he checked himself into uh, several mental institutions. When one couldn't help him, he tried another one. Yeah. I mean, that's what's crazy to me. He actually, you can see evidence of him trying. Obviously, it didn't work. But um, he tried mental institutions. And
1: it's like, you know, I hate to bring up this point, but I, I always find it in every story we tell. There is an institutional failure at some point along the lines with every single serial killer we've ever. Oh, he's because
0: you know he—he's being honest in these he's institutions. To, he's he's going going like institutions, I like to rape little boys,
1: and we can all sit here and be like, "Well, uh, maybe," uh, but like, we, we all know the seventies and eighties weren't the pinnacle of psychiatric help. You know what I mean?
0: Especially in war-torn Colombia, I was about to <laughs> say, especially in a,
1: po- a poverty, a poverty-stricken, war-torn, civil war, drug cartel country.
0: That yeah, like you said. This all of his stints in the mental institutions did nothing to curb his sexual appetite for taking what he wanted sexually from young children. He also attempted to go to something like AA for his alcoholism. I'm not sure what it was called over there.
1: I'm sure there's some sort of meetings or I'm sure yeah. His, and he
0: tried to quit drinking, but he just. He I'm couldn't. sure when
1: he went to one of those mental health facilities, they're like, you know, we can't see any evidence of you doing crap, but you're sitting there saying you drink all the time. And you have these urges. Maybe you should try. You know. AA or whatever it was that you're talking about. I have a feeling they recommended it to him.
0: You rape little boys. Maybe you should go to AA. (laughs) It's just – and I'm not laughing because it's funny or I'm not being disrespectful. It's just – I feel like you know that these mental institutions were privy to what his propensity was to rape children. And they just didn't do anything about it. They're like, you need to pray. You need to go to AA and – You'll be fine. You know that'll but be fine. But we also
1: don't have what he said. He might. He yeah, might we Go in there and say I want to do these things, and maybe he said I've never done it because he didn't want to get arrested. Yeah, we don't know
0: how he spun. And it. Then they're just like because well, he's a sociopath. And they're like, so. hey, well,
1: you've never done it. Just go get you know talk to a couple people here and there. You know, what I mean, they don't. We don't know what he was said. We just know that he went there.
0: But I do want to be clear at this point in this story. Luis was not killing anyone yet That we know of, right? That we know of Um, He was abducting and raping these young children um, Not killing them But he would graduate to torturing his victims Using the same heinous methods of torture That his abusers had at one time used on him We know this because Luis would keep a written log Notebooks Why do they do that? Um, Thank the Kansas City butcher, Bob Berdella.
1: But there's so many of them that we've
0: covered. Reminds me a lot. They all keep some sort, and it's their trophy. It's a way to revisit. It's their trophy. Uh, And by the way, Luis does a lot of revisiting, as we're going to see. Okay. So Luis would keep a log of all of his victims. It was a ledger, so to speak, detailing his victims' names, ages, and the disgusting torture he would inflict on them. He would... Effectively, at this point, it'll change, but he would find a young boy, lure him out into what is effectively the jungle, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All vegetation, no population yep, around yep. for miles. Nothing out there. With promises of money, work, or food. <laughs> By the time they reached their destination, they would walk. The child would be so exhausted from walking, that'll tell you how far they were out in the jungle. Yeah, they walked. That he would be unable to run. And even if he was able to run, he wouldn't know where the hell to go. One, right. two. Exactly. Then the boy would be bound before Luis would make a point to pray for their souls. Oh. Yeah, he's got to pray for their souls. And following this sick ritual, the torture and rape would ensue before he would just let him go. At this point, it gets worse.
1: Well, we know that.
0: Now, Luis is super strange to me. <laughs> Despite his intense religious ideations and the fact that he claimed to be a Christian, he began; it, he still began to study Satanism and tarot card reading. At one point, he claimed to even hear the voice of Satan and claimed that Satan was telling him to do all the things. Of course. That, of course. Um. This is rich. He he also became enthralled with the teachings of a guy that you may have heard of, Patrick, one Adolf Hitler. He idolized Hitler because, quote, "I like the idea of concentration camps and mass graves." End quote. Oh, yeah. We didn't even need to go that deep. No, <laughs> no, no. That's- it's not funny. I'm laughing because you're like. I get what the draw would be because he's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't get the draw. Like I said, I don't get the draw behind his ideology. But no,
0: he was like, I just think mass graves are cool. I'm going to do that one day.
1: The ideologies he had, those are not alluring. Those are awful. The man himself in his mind was like a puzzle to me. I just wanted to try to figure out.
0: So there's that.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: By the time the 90s came, any guilt that he had felt... For what he was doing was long gone. Oh, yeah. Always needing to escalate in some way in order to, for lack of a better term, get off from his crimes. Luis now had the overwhelming urge to kill his young victims after torturing them. He hadn't been killing them as of yet. As of yet. In October of 1992, Luis would commit what we believe to be his first murder. Ninety two? Nineteen ninety two. Okay. Yeah. Phil's recent, doesn't doesn't it? Yeah, just
1: he's been doing it, been raping people for a decade. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So Luis was out at a bar drinking, of course, mm-hmm. when he spotted a 13 year old boy named Juan Carlos across the street. On that particular day, Luis would later say that he felt an overwhelming urge to kill. And when he spotted Juan Carlos, he was just unable to stop himself. Never his fault. So Luis approached the boy and asked him if he'd be willing to do some work for him. Luis promised to make it worth his while by promising him 50 pesos in return. And Juan, an impoverished child wanting to provide for his family, readily accepted so Juan Carlos followed Luis out into the city. Without wanting to go into too much detail, because I will get into Luis's general torture and killing MO mm-hmm. in a bit. Okay, like in general, I don't, I don't want to throw any victim, one victim. There's no, three hundred. To there's so, too many victims to do yeah. that with. Really.
1: Especially, I'll if get into all the it generally. Nature, then there's no need to do it individually.
0: But um, with that in mind the 13-year-old boy would later be found dead with several gashes to his body. His front teeth were knocked out, and his body displayed various signs of rape. Absolutely awful. Yeah. 13. That's ridiculous. Almost immediately following the murder of Juan Carlos, Luis would cross state lines to visit his sister. And while on his way there, Luis encountered 12-year-old... John Alexander. Unfortunately, John would be his next victim. And his murder would be far more brutal than the last. So you're going to see this pattern repeat itself over and over again. He would be super brutal, just sick. Things n- no human being could even think of he would do to these children. And he would wa- one-up it with the next crime.
1: My God, how you Eventually, you run out of things to do, I would think. He's...
0: The literal
1: devil. He's awful.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, with the civil unrest in Colombia at the time, children like John and Juan Carlos were left to fend for themselves on the streets to make ends meet. So Luis's abductions and murders went unnoticed. Like it was no surprise to right. these, unfortunately, it was no surprise to these children's parents that these kids went missing. It just happened right. so often.
1: It's like we talked about in the very beginning. They're so impoverished. It's so often in that time period, those kids are getting kidnapped mm-hmm. by the cartels to be raised as, you know, in the cartel.
0: And that's if their parents were even I was still say, alive. A lot of times
1: they didn't come out. They Sorry, didn't come I swallowed wrong. Because they were working, right? Like A lot right. of times the parents were like, oh, he must be out working or he must be out doing whatever. He'll be home tomorrow. It was not uncommon, I'm saying, for these kids to be gone for a day or two.
0: And also something to keep in mind that most of these these children, I'm not sure if Juan Carlos or this is the case for Juan Carlos or John Alexander, but most of these children were unhoused, homeless, all. Like to begin with, no house, no family somewhere else or dead. One or two. Gotcha. Uh, So it's just not uncommon for these kids to go missing at all. No one's going to bat an eye. Luis would mainly target boys between the ages of 6 and 13. He would lay in wait like a lion stalking his prey, and then he would abduct them in broad-ass daylight. Brazen AF. That's crazy to me. I mean, who's going to say something? Uh, People were always, farmers were always going to, like, the the street vendors and being like, hey, can your son work? You know, Mm -hmm. I have sugar cane to pick or whatever, you know? It's just, no one's going to bat an eye. And
1: like you said in the beginning with the cartels, kidnappings were rampant. So half the time these people probably are you gonna were going to mess with s- the cartel? That's what I'm saying. People yeah, used to people getting snatched up in front <laughs> yeah, of the cars and stuff. And they are exactly. probably like, you know what? When I see that happen, I know who that is. I ain't fucking with that.
0: Oftentimes, and this is really sick to me. Luis would use different disguises when approaching these children. He would pose as a, like a priest or a monk
1: authoritative figure
0: yeah and be like hey i have i have a hot meal for you back at the church well that's gonna be more
1: reliable a priest or a monk comes up to you offering a free food and you know a place to crash versus some random dude
0: and he claims to be a christian yeah you know and but he's using the wow you know i mean that's his ballsy man hypocritical to say the least or he would be uh pose as like a of uh, The owner of a farm or ranch looking for manual labor for just a couple hours. Exactly. Yeah. After he would convince these kids to accompany him, he would talk to them at length and get to know them. He was really big on getting to know them. And because they had a lot of time walking together from the city to the killing grounds in the middle of the jungle. hmm By the time they reached their destination, the children, like I had said before, they were exhausted from a day's worth walking. And this ensured that they would be more cooperative when Luis would begin to tie them up.
1: Even if they tried to fight, they wouldn't have much fight left in them.
0: He would then bind their feet and hands together with ropes before stripping them of their clothing. After that... Prolonged torture and rape would ensue. Sometimes he would keep these kids for days. Wow. Um, another trigger warning here, guys, and I'm going to briefly go over his disgusting torture process with as little detail as possible, just relevant. Rele- relevant relevant <laughs> relevant detail but it's important that we get a general idea of what these kids endured cuz they endured it and as children yeah i mean we don't you need know? to go
1: super specific on people but i mean it's you not, have to kind of give some detail to I
0: describe just don't the want depravity of these kids to man. be forgotten oh of course and what they
1: what they experienced
0: experienced
1: or what they was, what was inflicted upon them
0: it's fair to say that Luis... Got off more on the prolonged torture of these children rather than rape and murder.
1: Right. It goes back to the. It
0: was more the the act of torturing and instilling.
1: Inflicting pain and power.
0: Pain, fear, and being in control. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: That's what he was deprived of his entire childhood
0: mm-hmm.
1: when control. those were things. And then he was, you know, I, I really honestly feel that maybe he thinks he was sexually attracted to young boys, but. You know, and a lot of times, he, just like when he was a child, the sex is a secondary act. Yeah. It's it's all about I'm in charge. Humiliation. Yeah. fear, pain,
0: control. hurt,
1: control. And then sex is like how you end it. Like that's just part oh. of it kind of thing.
0: Okay. So brace yourself here, Pat. It's, it's okay. a bit sickening. So Luis typically would stab first. He would stab the child's hands, feet, and buttocks with a screwdriver. Hmm. Very random. Can't tell you why. Very violent. I, I would say to maybe by destroying their hands and feet. Because they can't fight back or run away. They can't life. fight back or run yeah, away. weakens yeah. them
1: again. But the, the, the use of a screwdriver over a knife to me is a much more violent act. I mean, stabbing That's, someone's violent, but absolutely. to force you got to do it with a screwdriver? That's...
0: <sighs> he would then insert sharp objects in the child's anus. And oftentimes he would knock out their front teeth. Not sure why. While the boys were still very much alive, Luis would take great pleasure in mutilating them by cutting off their genitals and then inserting them into the boy's mouth. Oh, my Lord. They were also violently raped in various forms after all this had happened, as well as beaten. While still alive, many of his victims were Disemboweled, And we know this because their intestines, or what remained of them, would later be found next to their bodies. Luis would only be able to climax after he had cut off the victim's head or after he had slit their throat. It was one or the other. Always one or the other. I don't know what it was about that, but that's what he lived for. That moment, like yeah. the kill or the act,
1: the act of it, yeah.
0: or something something later. to do with the head,
1: especially, I guess. Well, it is because you're only sl- it's only slitting your throat or cutting your head. Off, what did we say with- in
0: Ed Kemper? The head is where your whole identity like your soul. is he- held, yeah. right? Yeah, that's all in your head, in your face. That's why he kept his Ed Kemper, kept, kept his heads, mom's head. Yeah. yeah, so later on, when we asked, or not when we when asked why he would do this, Luis would claim that this act was all part of a pact that he had made with Satan. Always oh. blame it on Satan. That's, that's easy. The, that's right? the one thing that drives me nuts about
1: most serial killers. It's never their fault. No, it's, it's the Satan's fault. Made me do it. Or it's
0: my mom's fault. It's Satan's fault. It's the dog's fault. It's, yeah, it's everybody else's
1: fault. It's yeah, that's that narcissism play right there.
0: And that's not all, folks. <laughs> After his victims were dead, he would often continue. To revisit and rape their corpses. And that's a behavior we commonly see with serial lust killers. Think Ted Bundy. hmm uh, They relive their experiences. And they view their victims as their property. So they're going to use their property. I
1: mean, every serial killer does that, right? That's Right. One. Every serial killer has some sort of a trophy, whether it's this guy or... The other a one. memory, anything. The other one we covered yeah. kept a ledger or, you know, what was his face? He kept a ledger, th- too. The mm-hmm. Butcher Baker... Mm-hmm. Would keep like an object of theirs, or a piece of jewelry, or a piece of clothing. They they always keep something to be able to, to your point, to revisit it.
0: And to your point, Patrick, uh, something else very typical of a lust killer, Garavito would keep trophies from his victims. Sometimes clothing, sometimes a body part, sometimes a freaking Polaroid picture. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, yeah. it's they all have those.
0: He would then bring his trophies as well as his logbook of victims back to the home of whichever girlfriend he was staying with at the time and store his all of his shit there. Just like, and they never looked. They, I mean, they, their first thought is not that he's out killing. Killing,
1: torturing, and raping th- and murdering a, and kids. Almost a
0: thousand, hundreds of boys. Yeah. yeah. That's not their thought.
1: No, but maybe it was after this, but.
0: He also would become more and more brazen, and this is mind-blowing to me. Not only did the frequency of his killings increase, I mean, obviously they would have to, right? Because he killed a lot of people. But Luis Garavito would actually abduct, torture, and murder a group of eight boys at once. He was able to lure a group of eight boys that were together. I don't know if they were schoolmates. Couldn't Every story I saw a little different. Yeah, it was a little different. Um, lured them all, tied them all up, restrained everybody, raped everybody, killed everyone.
1: And that's that's a, like I want to dissect that because that's another level.
0: That's like, it's like I said, his escalation is unreal. With every kill, it has to be a little bit more brazen, oh, a yeah. little bit more sick and twisted and sadistic. It's but to do it
1: within a group. With a group
0: of them? Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. What's your thoughts?
1: That's his escalation of wanting to inflict fear and power, right? Because now not only is he doing what he's doing to these kids, the first one he does it to, he can't do it to them all at the same time. So one of those kids watched it happen to his seven friends one at a time.
0: I almost feel like, yes, I agree with, with what you're saying. Imagine that.
1: That's ridiculous. It's
0: unheard of. But I... Think about this, because this was my thought, and I'm not married to this thought, but it almost feels like Luis felt so helpless all of his life, and then all of a sudden, now that he has a little more confidence with his killing and raping or whatever— it's almost like he got a god complex, and he's like, I can do whatever.
1: Well, also, Almost all serial killers do get that. That's whole part of the profile. Of like, his. I am god. They get this god, and that's why you see with all these serial killers, mm-hmm. even Bundy, at the end, he basically just walked into a sorority and bashed a bunch of people's heads in. Yeah. Like, that's not his MO, but they get so brazen to the point that they actually are sitting there like, I, I, I can't get fucking caught doing what I'm doing. Like, no one can stop me.
0: It's just... Insane. And what's even more insane is no one batted an eye or filed a missing persons report that there were eight missing boys. You know, I mean, it's
1: just... But like you said, like, not only are these people all disappearing and going off to work and all over the place and a lot of them are homeless and stuff as it is, the rate and amount he's killing, it's a common thing for them to just disappear. He's, he's actually helping
0: his own cause. Okay. So... Lots of young boys were going missing in the 90s, obviously. Yeah. But it wasn't until 1997 when a mass grave of 50 children was discovered that authorities started to say, you know, we might have a bad guy on our hands. You know, we've
1: got thousands of kids missing over the past decade. We just found 50 of them in one shot.
0: Actually, I misspoke. Not one bad guy. Uh, Initially, police called for a nationwide nationwide manhunt of what was thought to be a large serial killing like sex cult or gang or trafficking group because they're like okay that's a lot of kids for obviously all of these kids were killed by the same person
1: or group same ritualistic way whatever you want to say
0: yeah so they figured it must be some kind of cult well, it's such a or sheer,
1: such a sheer volume of bodies yeah to, or like to, an international speak, like, one person's been doing this
0: sex trafficking ring or something and
1: like as that. a police department mm-hmm it definitely sounds better that we have a sex trafficking ring mm-hmm. rather than as a police department we've had kids missing forever and we've had one dude kill at least 50 of them that we know of. That's definitely like way worse on the police department, is what I'm saying.
0: Then in February of 1999, 3 years later. <laughs> so they were they did nothing for 3 years effectively. Well, I'm not for a saying they yeah, they were looking for a group of people, right? But in February of 1999, The bodies, very strange. There were three naked young children. Their bodies were discovered in the middle of a burned sugar cane field. Very weird. That's weird. So their little bodies had all been tied up, and they had suffered cuts on their hands and feet, and their genitals had sign of penetration using a sharp object. This all looked very familiar. Yeah. These three children in the sugar... Canefield had suffered the same horrific fate as the 50 children discovered in the mass grave. Years, right, when you find the three mass years prior.
1: Mean, you have no idea how long it's been there. You can kind of ballpark it with science. It's 999.9% chance that you will never find another group of dead bodies with the exact identical you know, torture markings, killings done oh. to them, unless so, you have a single person doing it.
0: The murder weapon was also found like, alongside their body.
1: He just got lazy. He didn't want to bury him.
0: No, no, he did Well, he did, but here's what happened. You're going to be like, are you joking? Okay. After Luis killed these three children in the field. Okay. He downed a bottle of, okay, I saw some reports that it was like a nasty cheap whiskey. And I saw another report that said that it was, um, what's that fruity stuff called? Old school fruity cheap stuff. No, it's fruity. Mad dog's not fruity. Boone's Farms? No. Anyways, we'll say whiskey. Bottle of nasty cheap liquor, okay? Yeah. And he passed out drunk after murdering these poor kids. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so he passed out drunk, Luis did, yeah. in the field with a lit cigarette in his mouth. Some shit out of a movie. And that caused the whole ass sugar cane field to burn down. Like, Burn. So Luis woke up and he's like, oh man, (laughs) the whole, it's not funny, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny when you think about him waking up like, oh fuck. So this whole sugar cane, he wakes up, this whole sugar cane filled is ablaze. So he got up in a panic to save his own life and he ran away to safety, but he left behind his eyeglasses, shoes, and the murder weapon, a knife. Oh. Yeah. Oops. This is a good thing, obviously. Yeah, no shit. Because the police were, uh, they gathered up the glasses and the shoes and the knife. Now, remember at the beginning when I mentioned that in Luis's childhood, he was made fun of and bullied for having to wear glasses for a rare eye condition. He
1: didn't have like the super thick one on one eye or whatever?
0: Left eye. So, like from TLC, left eye. Sorry.
1: Okay.
0: So, using that info, police knew that they- Why are you so o- random? I I'm, I'm, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, using that info, police knew that they at least needed to be, you know, looking for someone who wore thick glasses. And with I mean, it that- definitely narrows your pool people down. that left eye lens had a very specific, I don't know, it was like concave or something. That's what I'm who saying. It's a, very,
1: it's a very- Maybe na- it was narrowed, like an
0: astigmatism. I don't know. your
1: suspect pool down a lot, right?
0: Also, guys, remember we called him um, Goofy mm-hmm. because he had the big-ass ears? The earpieces of the glasses were bent outward in such a way that it told investigators that whoever wore them had big-ass ears. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Goofy doesn't have big ears. He's just a dog with long ears. But
1: they're long, baby.
0: And this is kind of cool. And I had no idea that you could even do this. You were a cop. Maybe you did. But I did not. Did you know that you could tell someone's height by their shoes? You can ballpark it. This is what happened. I need Ballpark
1: to- your height and weight based off of the, the imprintation. All control.
0: of my research is done How the in shoes are worn. Um, not the metric system. So maybe you can help me with Google. But the police were able to estimate that their perp. Had to have been bet- by the by the shoes mm-hmm. that their perp had to have been between 163 and 167 centimeters tall. How tall is that in feet? Uh, I don't know. Let me pause for Google.
1: <laughs> so we're looking at like five four ish, maybe five 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 okay. six somewhere around there. Gotcha. And that's I don't know if it's an exact science, but you can generalize someone's height. Yes, do tell by okay. their shoes. Elaborate. Well, no newborns born with a size eleven shoe. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? hmm How many women...
0: I mean, I wouldn't want to birth a size 11 shoe. But how many how many
1: women do you know that are under 5'5 five, five, that have a size 11 shoe?
0: Yeah, that's like that? true.
1: Like, how many guys do you know that are 6'4 have a size 6? Did six? you look
0: up his shoe size? I didn't even think no, to I do that. No, I didn't look up oh, his shoe okay. size.
1: But basically, I don't know if there's an exact science. Mm-hmm. I know you can look at the shoe and tell height and weight and walking issues and those kind of things.
0: They also were able to tell that he had a, a limp. You can
1: tell by the way the heels and the shoes mm-hmm. are worn. Even you can go so far as even the insoles, if they have cushion, you can see how the cushion's worn out and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, for shoe size, it's just like it's kind of. I think it's they saw the size shoe Mm -hmm. and based on the the time period and the average human or the average man that wore that size shoe, they were probably like five four to five six or whatever.
0: They They could guesstimate. Yeah,
1: they can put a number to it. They're not going to say he's five foot five and a half based off of this shoe.
0: Oddly enough, Pat, (laughs) there was another child sex offender in the area that, other than Garavito. Like his rival? His name was Pedro Pablo. And he actually matched down to the left eye issue. What? That exact same description. And he was arrested and thought to have been the murderer.
1: I'm, I'm really stuck on the fact that this dude's name is, this is so off topic. Mm-hmm. This dude's name is Peter Pablo.
0: Pedro, yeah. Well, Peter. Pe-
1: Pedro Pablo, yeah, yeah. which
0: Peter, Peter Paul,
1: Peter Paul or Peter Pablo or Petey Pablo. I wonder if I the know. rapper Petey Pablo got his name. Who? You don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. Okay. No clue. There's a rapper named Petey Pablo. Okay. Hey, that song North Carolina, come on raise up. Take your shirt off. Snare around your head like a helicopter.
0: Oh, I know that song that's from Pini School Pablo. Dances.
1: Yeah, that's Pete Pablo.
0: Oh, I didn't know what his name was. And that's why I don't know why
1: Pedro Pablo brought me there.
0: Sorry. Well, this was not that guy. It
1: made me concerned <laughs> that you got his name from this guy.
0: Nope. Well, I mean, not that I know of. If he did, that's concerning. Really
1: weird, yeah. yeah. That's, my, that's where my brain went.
0: So and he needs to be canceled. I
1: apologize. That's <laughs> how my brain works. but no. That's where it went.
0: We love your brain. It's okay. I was like, I'm about to
1: hate PD Pablo because of his name. Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Pedro Pablo was arrested. Ironically, even the down to the left that's eye crazy, issue okay. and the big ear issue, he matched the description. That's
1: crazy that there's two child sex killers.
0: That look like that.
1: That are like, physically identical. So, in the same
0: city, Pedro Pablo is in jail. However, the murders continued while this guy was in custody, and so police were like, "Okay, so that's not the beast." Because by now, the um, the newspapers,
1: of course, they, they were calling him
0: something. La Bestia. So, so have to give him a
1: name to strike fear to the readers.
0: Well, I mean, that's not far off. He is a beast. No,
1: and I know, but, but newspapers yeah. always—that's where everybody gets their names. No one yeah. wants to be like. Oh, Luis is chasing down kids still. You know what I mean, like, and they don't have a name for him, so they give him this horrific storytelling name so they can sell them to newspapers. That's, that's all of it. Is.
0: The Night Stalker.
1: The Night they need Stalker. to
0: give him some like pathetic ass names. That's what needs to start happening. Was to his be name? honest, the crying
1: killer or whatever,
0: the weepy the voice. Weepy,
1: the weepy voice.
0: That's. Oh, no, it was the
1: crying killer too. I've, never
0: I've was heard of that killer. one. I know the weepy voice killer. I don't maybe, maybe know the I crying killer. Okay, anyways, so obviously Petey Pablo isn't our guy.
1: It's not calling that.
0: So police started combing through more evidence from the sugar cane field. And in some, I don't know if it was in the sole of a shoe or what, but they came across a piece of paper with an address on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The address belonged to a woman. It was actually. Uh, Luis Garavito's girlfriend at oh. the time. Oops. Yeah. And so the police went knocked on her door. Here
1: comes a little bigger Dumbo with a thick glasses and a limp.
0: Well, um she told authority, she was like, look, I haven't seen Luis in like months. But it's really strange because he has this like big ass suitcase. Do y'all want it? And the police oh, no. the police were like, yeah, definitely.
1: Trophy case. So,
0: what's in the suitcase? It's his trophy case. Let me tell you, it's one of his. Remember, he had several girlfriends, like many. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So he had many trophy cases. Well, he's got
1: many victims. He's got. This them, is yeah. just
0: one of them. So, police found inside that particular suitcase quite a few disguises that Luis had used to lure his victims, along with detailed ledgers of his tortures and murders. So they knew that they had their guy; they just had to locate him.
1: They just don't have their guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Little did they know, Luis. They wouldn't even have to look for him. They would. Ju- it, he would just fall right into their hands, was say, and what, he, he did. Walk
1: into their what, the girlfriend's apartment while they're there.
0: No, he never saw her again. Oh. Okay, so on April twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, Luis abducted and attempted to rape a twelve year old boy. Luckily, a 16-year-old onlooker saw that the rape was about to occur, and I guess he walked in on it. I'm not sure. Probably, if I had to guess, Luis was getting brazen just and not scary. going out into yeah, the he wilderness. He, he was just within city limits. Down the alley limits. or yeah. the
1: corner behind the warehouse or
0: something. So the 16-year-old saw Garavito trying to rape this kid, and he started throwing rocks at him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go him. He's yeah. a hero. <laughs> So, he threw rocks at Garavito, and I think he injured him because his mugshot has his shirts all torn up. Um, and then the sixteen-year-old ran and alerted the police. Luckily, the tw- the, this this twelve-year-old boy would survive; he escaped, and Luis Garavito would be arrested. Yay, douchebag! The police now had the infamous bestia in custody. Okay. He was like a legend, like a urban legend, at this time in Colombia. It's like who is doing this it's to been our 10 children? Years, it's,
1: well, it's been seven years since he started killing.
0: Upon initial questioning, Luis Garavito initially denied being the dreaded beast of Colombia. Oh,
1: yeah, well, no, that's not me. I don't know who you're talking about.
0: And when I say initially, I mean like nine hours of sitting there saying it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And like, they know it's him. You have. Yeah, they know. They he doesn't know. know that
1: they know. So he's just going to deny, 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 deny,
0: deny. However, interrogators figured out a way to crack him. And this is actually kind of brilliant. And Patrick, you're going to belly laugh at this.
1: I want to know because I used to love doing this.
0: They started reading to Luis from his ledgers. They read off the names of each of his victims along with the methods in which Louise used to torture and kill them. And after a while, and by a while, I mean like two or three victims in, Louise couldn't take it anymore. He broke down in tears and begged them to stop, literally falling into the interrogator's arms, boo-hooing like a teddy baby. Wow.
1: Pussy. I mean, that's really smart because what they're trying to initially do uh, is just get a reaction. Because right? what you're trying to do when you do something like that is you're reading this thing, like his handiwork. Mm-hmm. So, one, he's either going to get ir- irritated as hell. What you're really looking for is obviously for something like that. But you'll go over a certain individual. Maybe that's one of his favorites, or one he remembers most, and they'll smile, they'll smirk. You're just trying Remember, to see if you can get a reaction. Remember, he
0: spent hours with these boys before he ever let down the guys
1: Oh, yeah, he actually thought it probably, just like a lot of these guys do, he thought of was friends. And he took the
0: time to pray for their souls. He and
1: and once he prayed for their souls, they were no longer people anymore. They were things. Jesus. But he was friends with them. It was like Kemper was talking about how he was friends with people.
0: I'm gripping my hands right now. I'm oh, I know, so I pissed.
1: <laughs> but that, I mean, that's what they're trying to do <sighs> by reading that, which is really smart. You're just trying to get any reaction, and you're mm-hmm. like, why'd you smile about that name? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't expect him to cry like a little, little baby in your lap, but...
0: Like a little bitch.
1: See, I wasn't going to go there,
0: but... I will. I really wanted to. Luis Garavito would eventually confess to the murder of 140
1: boys. He confessed to 140?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a reason. Like, I said three... I, I got my numbers. I, like, fact-checked everything. So, there's a reason for my numbers. <laughs> so, he confessed to 140. I know, I know, 140. I know In the end... He was found guilty and sentenced to 1,853 years in a maximum security prison for the murder Mm -hmm. of 189 people. That's insane. 189 people. Okay.
1: I know how this ends. That's why I went, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. That's insane, though.
0: That's the highest prison sentence for any one person In Colombian history,
1: that's in most histories.
0: So, Patrick,
1: don't you don't have to ask me? I know the answer.
0: He's in prison for almost two thousand years. Two thousand years. We don't have to worry about it.
1: Literally two thousand years.
0: Get ready to be really, really
1: pissed off. I know the answer. I know what happens. I mean, I'm pissed. I'm talking to the people. Yeah, I know. Oh, you. Oh, you said Patrick. I'm like.
0: Colombian law states that the maximum anyone can remain incarcerated is 40 years. Not only that, guys, but because Luis was cooperative after his sentencing and he helped authorities uncover more mass graves, plural, Mm -hmm. as in more than one. A
1: lot more. Yeah.
0: And confessed to over 50 additional murders. Authorities believe that, actually, in total, he is responsible for the murder of well over 300 kids in Colombia and also in Ecuador, by oh, the way. Oh, he's just bouncing yeah. around. Yep. So, due to this cooperation, his sentence was even further reduced by 22 years. 40 years. Right? And then minus 22. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... 2023 is the year that it is now, mm-hmm. and this is the year that he's eligible to be released.
1: That's fucking ridiculous. This
0: year, killed over 300 babies.
1: Uh, no, well over.
0: I would like to remind you that um, the children that he killed were between the ages of 6 and 14 only.
1: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for anybody that's trying to catch up on that.
0: Yes, please. He was, Sum it up for us.
1: So he was sentenced. By Colombia, to almost 2,000 years in prison for 189 murders. Yes. However, Mm -hmm. based on Colombian law and whatever, constitution, whatever they have, he can serve no more than 40. So you can be sentenced to 2,000 years. You're only going to do 40 at the most. Yep. No matter what.
0: Got 22 off for good behavior.
1: That one's just more of like a kick in the pants.
0: Mm -hmm. I'd say more in the nuts, but yeah.
1: Well, because what I'm thinking is... They, he probably got 1,800-whatever years, and they mm-hmm. said, we'll take 22 off because you helped us. I think that's what they did.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he only served 40, and somehow they still had to give him the 22 off. That's what I think happened.
0: Everyone went into this knowing that you can only serve 40 years. You could be sentenced to a million. You can only serve 40.
1: Well, maybe they figured he was <clears throat> fifty at the, 40 at the time. He'd be dead by then.
0: He's uh, currently 66. That's not old. Garavito, I'm about to add some
1: insult. I, I messed that math up mm-hmm. because I still I, I gave him 40. Oh. I didn't take the 22 off.
0: Oh, yeah. Cut it in half.
1: Yeah, I, took, I forgot to take 22 off.
0: Um, I'm about to add some insult to injury.
1: Please add some more.
0: Garavito issued a statement that his goal is to get this. Quote, work with children who have been abused.
1: You know what I don't understand also
0: on top of that, which
1: is, you can't understand a lot of this. Um,
0: he helped them find... Jesus
1: Christ. Like another hundred bodies and confessed to 50 more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I would do is I would bring his ass up on trial in year 27 for all the extra murders so he can do another 40.
0: I have I have a... I know, I know what to do. But, I mean, it's a Courtney. I know what to do. Uh-huh. And this... I was actually just wondering this. Ecuador is a whole separate
1: Even place. One over there, you with different him. laws. You can try him. Can't over they
0: there. extradite him?
1: Well, they'd have to like, try him and stuff. They could. They, if he was never convicted or tried of those crimes, I don't know if there was deals put in place with him. I don't. I don't know how it's all written. I know that's think, I, we
0: don't know the logistics of everything.
1: Or you know, Ecuador might have just said, "Hey, our agreements will we'll allow you to take credit for all the all the murder." You know what I mean?
0: hope that's not the case because if Ecuador, he yeah, did, Ecuador could just
1: be like, "Hey, by the way, he's getting out. We'll take him over here. We're going to try him for murder."
0: Yeah, if he did murder people in Ecuador and
1: and you give him another 40 years and, "Hey, there you're 107."
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not clear on the laws, but in my mind there's just there's no way that a person like this can be released back into society.
1: I'm almost intrigued by what Colombia is going to do to him when he's
0: released. Well. Uh, Cartels are not going
1: to play that game. The
0: possibility of his release outrages the people of Columbia. Yeah, I know. He uh, killed 300 kids. it outrages us, obviously, to be quite frank. I have a feeling that if he's released, the families of the victims will issue some cowboy justice and take matters into their I own hands. I don't think hands. the
1: families will, but I think they know people who know people that country is still, to some extent, uh, controlled by the cartels and the drug trade. I'm pretty sure there's people that are going to take care of the problem.
0: I learned a, I learned one lesson from Kara Robinson. Um, yes. She's a friend of the pod. Well, I let her know that we had an episode. <laughs> and yeah. she, You've interacted with and her about I her interacted with her. <laughs> she's super sweet. Yeah. But she was a victim that survived was a hero. Uh she was a victim of the Spotsylvania serial killer. Yep. Go back and listen if you haven't.
1: Crazy um, stuff. Her story is amazing though.
0: She is very big on if you're gonna have a true crime podcast or a true crime platform, always have something to do at the end. Like, you know, there has to be a reason for right, us talking right. Don't about it. Tell this. the story, tell
1: the story. It's like we always talked about it very much in lines with what you always talk mm-hmm. about. Is like you want, you want to tell the stories for the victims. Yeah. You don't want to tell it to give this, the serial killer or the mm-hmm. murderer – you don't want to give them the infamy. You want people to remember the names right. of the victims.
0: And, and in this case, the there's kind of 300 thing, like, unhoused is, boys. I can't – Yeah, and what you're I saying
1: is not like – not just let's remember them, mm-hmm. but let's also do something about it.
0: So I went looking for – because this asshole's getting out this year, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why – but there was like two petitions online to keep this asshole in jail. And each of them had maybe 300 signatures. And that's it. Probably a lot of people just didn't care. So let's get them going. Yeah. Um, I have two links that I'll be sharing. One of them I'm going to share on our Facebook. Well, I'm going to share them on all platforms. Yeah, but share them everything. When, if you go on our Facebook page, Evil Pudding podcast, you're going to find a link called Help Keep the Animal Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubillos in Jail. I'll post that. Yeah. Like I'll post the whole page. Absolutely. It's a whole, like, movement. There's only, like, 300 and something followers on that. Go I don't know it. what's happening. Go sign Go it. Go sign it. Go like We Nobody have to this. keep this guy in jail. It's ridiculous. This is one of the most awful human... 1,800
1: years he was I, sentenced to jail for the murder of 189 young boys who we now know he's done over 300.
0: I've been, I've not been twenty-seven. shy about get this. I am very against the death penalty in America. However, if we had a law that said after 40 years, all prisoners had to be released, you would get a very different Courtney with a very different opinion. Yeah. You know I what I mean? That. So...
1: Me too. I, I, I'm not against the death penalty, but I think it's better for them to serve yeah. their 1,800 years in jail
0: like without I mean, the possibility I mean, of parole.
1: Skeleton in that jail cell. Oh, yeah. for another thousand I, years. Absolutely. Like, fuck you. You're staying there.
0: Absolutely. I'll put. it yeah, If you're getting out in 40 princess years, crown moment.
1: If you're, if you're getting out in 40 years, I'm not going to argue against the death penalty instead of 40 years on this guy.
0: So um, I'll share the petition and the Facebook page on all of our platforms, Instagram, what. With- Evil pudding.
1: It's
0: not evil pudding podcast, isn't
1: it? Evil pudding podcast. There's evil
0: pudding pod on that one? I'm about to tell yeah. you. It's <laughs> I'm not horrible. you don't really know. Bad. <laughs> evil pudding podcast. <laughs> then our Facebook, evil pudding, a true crime podcast on Facebook. Patrick, are you going to throw it on Twitter? Maybe. Yeah, I can throw it on Twitter. Okay, you can throw it up on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Tritter. 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 I'm pissed is what's happening. Like, Like, I want to get up and, like, go swing into the air. This is the longest I've spent on this asshole because I would do this whole episode in, like, five minute
1: intervals of research. I know on your your standards, it's shorter because I know how long you write these things. Yeah. And I remember you for the last week, like, you could never Mm -mm. do more than, like, 30 minutes of work.
0: took me, like, three weeks to do this shit. Let's do what we can. Maybe we can even start a new petition. Sign the petitions that exist. Join the Facebook group. We'll do what we can to keep them in jail. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah share it to the people that you know would care. Or share it to whoever. Share it to one person. Get somebody else in, to understand the story. And yeah. That spreads, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Sorry, guys. This episode was really hard. This is a
1: shitty one. It
0: was, it was really hard. Um,
1: Shitty isn't, it's just hard to do. It's but it just,
0: needs to be known.
1: Yeah, and you need to get it out there and we need to keep this dude from serving 28 fucking years in prison.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we will see you back here week after next. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for this wonderful story.
0: You're so welcome. I'm
1: so appreciative of you on this one. You <laughs> bring the highlight to my day.
0: <laughs> be good to each other. and We'll see you back here next time. You are the highlight
1: of my day, <laughs>